0: Uh, recommend everybody get a professional home inspection done when you go to buy a house uh, from a reputable home inspector who's established and licensed to inspect a, I would say, a proliferate of different things and not uh, limited in scope just to just visual. Maybe they can do heating and cooling systems, inspections, and things of that nature.
1: Welcome to the Got Your Six Real Estate Podcast. In the military, Got Your Six means I've got your back. If you're a real estate buyer, seller, investor, or anyone who is committed to the Got Your Six mantra, ensuring that every client, neighbor, and community member feels supported in their property journey, well, you're lucky enough to find yourself in the right place. I'm Kevin Kavanaugh, and I'm your host. Each week, we talk with successful real estate experts, veterans, and community leaders who are willing to share their insights, trade secrets, and mindsets that help them to succeed. No love, to straight to the point content that prioritizes one thing above all: your success. So, without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to our very first episode of the Got Your Sticks Real Estate Podcast. I am joined here today with my very, very long friend, uh, best friend, and uh, military retired Army officer uh, and real estate broker and contractor. He wears many hats. He's a great resume. I'm here today with Jason Day.
0: Well, thank you, Kevin. It's, a, as usual, it's
1: a pleasure to be here with you. Absolutely. Yeah, and I appreciate you coming out for our very first podcast. And today we're just going to kind of chat about some things going on in the real estate world, learn a little bit about you. So this is, you a lot towards the military community. So uh, maybe start off telling us what you did in the military.
0: Well, I did a lot in the military. Actually, you started out on Abrams Tanks uh, when I first joined. Uh, from there, had a few deployments, went to Bosnia way back in the day, for anybody who's old enough to know what that was. Uh, then went to Task Force 21, tested out all the new equipment and everything. And from there, the Army pulled me over to Recruiting Command, and I was really good at it. So they kept me. And then from there, I was recommissioned commissioned and went into Human Resources. And from Human Resources, I was detailed out to public affairs where I finished out my career. So I had a, a whole extensive amount of experience in a lot of different fields. I was in
1: Cool. What's a public affairs officer do in the military, in
0: the Army? Well, we're the liaisons for the public facing press like CNN, ABC, CBS. Uh, we escort them around, show them things that we're doing, prepare press releases for them
1: so they can keep the public informed on what the military is doing. Cool. So, how did you get into real estate? And, like, what from your military career benefited you getting into real
0: estate? Well, I've always loved real estate, and what really got me moving into it was. Believe it or not, it was my real estate agent when I bought my house here in the Hampton Roads area. Um, and it, it's not, it's, it's a, a two fold story, if you will. Uh, I thought they were terrible. I thought the agent was absolutely horrible. And, and at the end, I said, this guy's making a lot of money. And if this guy could be this bad and make this much money, I said, I could kill him, you know, because I actually care. So uh, what actually prompted me to get into it. And then once I did, I found I really loved it. Uh, what I love about real estate the most is at the end of the day, everybody's smiling. Sellers happy they sold their house. The buyer's happy they got a brand new home. Uh, even in, in renting, uh, somebody's glad they got a new place to live. So it's a very rewarding career field.
1: Never mind, we here in Williamsburg. Uh, there's a company called Williamsburg Home Painting, and it was started by a guy who wanted to get his house painted. And he called contractor after contractor, painting contractor after painting contractor. No one would even call him back. So he's like, I could do this better. I'm not even going to have a painted house. But he just started this company. <clears throat> His motto is, Williamsburg Hall painting, we'll call you back. Awesome. It really just started with something that simple.
0: I see that a lot of the construction uh, industry, today when uh, people are trying to find folks to come out and do work around their house, they can't get calls back. It's a, the it's a strangest phenomenon. But, hey, if you call me, I'll call you back. Kevin can attest, I'll call you back. <laughs> Is that just because of like labor shortages that we're seeing everywhere? I think so. Uh, everywhere I go, I see labor shortages. Most contractors are back up for months before they can get into a place. I've had some people tell me as far as nine months, depending on the specialty, uh, there's also some material shortages out there, like vinyl siding. It's slowing down the new construction market and uh, just people getting it replaced. Maybe they were hail damaged or something and they're trying to get things done. So. Uh, one of our rental properties actually had hill damage. It took or has taken right at about eight months to get the bottom siding to put on the house.
1: Oh, my goodness. So. I just saw something recently. Uh, I don't remember the exact figures, but they're saying it's just going to continue to get worse because people aren't going into the trades. They're saying for every 25 people that are aging out, retiring, retiring et cetera, there's only about seven going into skilled trades. Absolutely.
0: Uh, so, everybody, listen to this. If you want some honesty, God, uh, you want to make money when you graduate from high school, go into a trade. Um, I realize the school system pushes everybody to go to college. And there's a reason for that. I learned all about that recruiting, but that's not what this is about. This is about real estate. So, right now, a plumber, I would say if you had to pick one, go be a plumber. They make about $600 an hour.
1: Goodness.
0: So, they make about one and a half times the amount of. A uh, surgeon makes. If that tells you anything, so you can be a brain surgeon and make less than a plumber.
1: And then uh, a lot of us
0: Oh yeah,
1: yeah. I've been encouraging my son. He's senior in high school. He's talking about actually being a plumber before. Now I think he's kind of just trying to figure out what he wants to do. But I've been sending him in information about different trades. I think even like elevator mechanic is supposed to be just an incredibly high-paid, high-demand job. And you can still go to school, go get a couple year business degree, so you can not only have your trade, but you know make your own company or something someday, kind of like you've done. Absolutely. So you've come up through the real estate world, created your own real estate company, homes for sale and rent, and started your own contracting company.
0: That's it. David. Uh What I did see, uh, especially doing property management, same thing you were talking about before, is a shortage of actual license experienced workers to come out and do repairs so it finally got to the point i realized well i know how to do all these things so i went and got my certification and started uh, my own company in construction to kind of alleviate some of that those problems i was having in property management so my folks that I do property management for get a discount What's they're happy about coming I in mean, obviously you know uh, they're already giving me the business of property management so i give them a discount when it comes to doing repairs around their house
1: So it works out
0: well, yeah, it's a win-win situation.
1: Hey, you and I talk about this all the time. We don't have to just talk about real estate. Where is everybody? It seems like post-pandemic, there's nobody working anywhere. We tried to get burgers up the street the other day, and they had one person running front counter, cooking, everything. Where did all the people go?
0: Kevin, that's a really good question. I think a lot of people ask the same one. Because everywhere I go, I see health warning signs. in the window of every- business everywhere. I just uh, traveled to Charleston, South Carolina. Same thing there. Okay, there's a shortage of people everywhere. I went to the car wash this morning, and this is one of the bigger ones in Hampton. Uh, typically, they have maybe seven or eight people working. They had two. Wow. And those guys were struggling. I mean, hustling this morning. So, But again, like you said, like I keep seeing it everywhere. I mean, you have any idea where, where all the people go? Are they living in their mom's basement? People got to work. Right. Got to have money. So, You got me. Maybe they're all moved back home. I can't tell you.
1: Yeah, I have no idea. I, you know, I, I, we have uh, Molly and I have four kids between us, kind of a blended family, and you know, the kids have come home and gone, etc. But they can't all be going back home with mom and dad, and and you know, and and housing expenses and such are high. The average car payment is over seven hundred dollars a month right now. How are people making it without?
0: Well. I don't think uh, they are making it. what I saw the uh, number of automobile repossessions right now per day is 30,000 in the United States, which is higher than it was in the uh, 2008 uh, bubble housing collapse when all that occurred. So that's not a good good sign.
1: Yeah, that's scary stuff actually.
0: Now the flip side folks, if you're in the market for a used car, 30,000 repos a day going into the market, Means the price of used cars is going to do one thing: go down. Not to mention the thirty thousand people who got repoed can't afford to buy a car. So that just means you're going to have a huge supply and very small demand. That means prices are going to go way down. So that that's the good news, silver lining of that story.
1: Yeah, at least it's that. some prices probably are to going down anytime soon. Just again, the blind demand, all the people that have been on the sidelines. So many people waiting for things to get more affordable and with housing, it typically doesn't. Home prices historically always go up. And there's a huge bubble of people in the first-time home buyer age group that have been sitting on the sidelines that are going to need housing soon.
0: Absolutely. Uh from what i am what I'm seeing, you know, even now with low inventory, the number of buyers still exceed the number of sellers and the prices are continuing to rise. And as long as you've got more uh, buyers and you have sellers, it's just going to keep going up. So the Fed is really, uh, with their interest rate hikes, has put a hurting on buyers' capability to get a loan to buy. But I think there's a lot of people who want to be buyers that just can't afford to get this market right now. But historically, the Federal Reserve, when adjusting interest rates, makes rash decisions. They have a tendency of going too far up. And then they realize, oops, we went too far. And then they go too far down. So we're going to get to a point the Fed's can all of a sudden say, okay, we're just going to drop this back down to zero rates right now. And uh, maybe negative rates. You might see that just to encourage people. But when that happens, all the sellers that have been on the sideline uh, waiting to sell, they might start putting the inventory on the market if they feel like they can sell their house and then actually afford to buy the same one they sold. So either way. It goes, I see housing prices going up regardless. Yeah, I read the magic
1: number. is going to be five and a half on the interest rate. So if somebody has a 3% on their mortgage now, they did a survey of those folks and said, well, you know, I'm not going to sell with rates in the sevens, but I think it's your mid-fives, I might go ahead and put it on the market. And they're thinking this year, early next, early into 2024, we might start to see that. Absolutely. Some of the things I want to talk about today kind of blend your real estate and contracting world. Uh, so let's talk about home buyers. We just mentioned home buyers. When I'm going out to look at a going out looking at several houses. When we're talking condition and you know the structure of the home, etc. As a home buyer, what kind of things should I be looking for? Like what are, you know, when I'm going through a house, what's a red flag that's cool? Better look into this or it's going to be really expensive or something that's an opportunity, like okay, I can do this with a kitchen, with a bedroom, etc. You know, and like what things did you say, ah, yeah, we can kind of overlook it. Overlook that we'll fix that later. So, you know, having both real estate and contractor background, what are some of the things you usually recommend?
0: Well, for starters, I recommend everybody get a professional home inspection done when you go to buy a house uh from a reputable home inspector who's established and licensed to inspect a I would say a plethora of different things, and not uh, limited in scope just to just visual. Maybe they can do heating and cooling systems inspections and things of that nature. Um, as far as getting a good agent, that's also very important. Uh, if you can find an agent who's a licensed, classified contractor like me, well, hey, then you get the best of both worlds because I am looking for things in a house. You're looking at how beautiful it is, and I'm looking for what would keep you from being able to buy this house. What's wrong with it? Uh, when we get to the appraisal and the home inspection part? Is this Going to actually pass, or you're going to have to worry about the foundation uh, buckling or the the roof leaking, all of those things. Um, Now, those are things people uh, often say people do not buy houses for air conditioning systems and for roofs, but they don't buy houses because of air conditioning systems and roofs. But nobody goes out to buy a new house looking for an AC and roof. They're out looking for a home that they're going to be able to enjoy and have holidays there with their families and that type of thing. So I guess first and foremost and what's most important is make sure you get a good home inspection and don't compromise on what you would call serious repairs. Don't believe that, oh, hey, I can take care of that later when it's a several thousand dollars down the road because if you ain't got the money now, you probably won't have it then either. And then you'll have to fix it when you sell it. So it's better to get big things taken care of right up front and get those problems taken care of.
1: That reminded me of a story. My very first venture into real estate investing, uh, purchase my own home, etc. But this was goodness, you know, probably twenty years ago. Uh, myself and a few partners, I think it was, we purchased a house in Hampton, um, Shell Drive, I think it was. So we're like, we had this client; they need to get out of this house. We're like, oh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna purchase it, fix it up, and flip it. So, we had a contractor go out there who we all we knew decently enough uh, and he's like, okay, yeah, it'll cost you 20 grand in repairs and we'll be able to get this thing done. So, okay, yeah, we can make this happen. So, we completed the purchase, got in there, and it was a disaster. The guy was a hoarder and stuff everywhere. The back half of the house was an addition that wasn't properly attached to the house. It ended up being months' worth of us working there, you know, each of us, 40, 50 hours a week, doing as much as we could to ourselves to save us. The contractor basically quit the job a few weeks in because he realized how bad it was. Uh, it was just an absolute nightmare. At the end of it, between the four of us, uh, we profited $16. So We each made $4 in the own time. So sometimes real estate investing is great, but that was a lot of lessons learned for sure. But it just kind of reiterates the importance of having a partner who's experienced and knows what they're doing and one you can actually trust.
0: Absolutely. It's very important. Uh, one other thing that we get uh, most people don't talk about a lot anymore are those FHA 203K loans and VA 203Ks. And, and Kevin, you can talk a little bit about that, but as a contractor, uh, Basically, folks, if you find a house that does have some issues that you think maybe a kitchen renovation would make this perfect, uh, what Kevin here is able to do is get you hooked up with a loan that's going to buy your house and pay for that renovation. And he can uh, kind of elaborate more on how that works on the loan side of the house. But B, uh, you would close on the house. The lender would pay 50% of the cost to the renovation up front and the remainder once it was completed. And that actually raises the value of your property. Too uh, because you have an appraiser involved here that says, for example, if you're buying a house for $200,000 and the kitchen renovation was going to be $40,000, and so your loan total was going to be $240,000, the value of the house after the renovation has to be $240,000. So you're getting a $200,000 house and raising its value to two forty, dollars uh, pretty much right after the renovation is complete. So it can put some equity in your pocket if you do this right, because sometimes The appraiser will say, "Hey, it might take the value to 260, and you can walk away with 20,000 in equity plus a new kitchen plus a new house." So yeah,
1: yeah, there's a lot of opportunities out there. So don't discount a house because it looks imperfect. And FHA mortgage, FHA 203k, it's a purchase plus renovations. We call it a 203k just because that's the section of the law that authorizes FHA to do renovation mortgages. A regular FHA loan is to a 3B and a few lines down to a 3K as you can finance and improvements. So it can be stuff such as a new roof, a new air conditioner, but it could also be that three bedroom needs to become a four bedroom or the kitchen needs to be refinanced. You know, there's just, uh, there's not much of a limit on what you can do other than luxury items. Like you can't put in swimming pools, you can't put in, you know, luxury items into the home, but Things to make it fit your family, make it livable, have them in the suite, whatever it may be, those you can do. There's, as you mentioned, the VA version, the conventional version. Uh, so, yeah, don't let conditions stop you, especially in a market with limited inventory. So, the seller, say I'm a seller, I'm looking around my house, I want to put it on the market, what are some repairs and improvements that are gonna best add to the marketability of my house? Like what do you recommend you know, before getting a house ready for sale?
0: Well, first and foremost is the uh what I would call the showability of a house. often tell sellers there's three types of value in the real estate market. And the first type is gonna be the actual fair market value. So you can look on Zillow and it'll give you an estimation of your fair market value and that type of thing. But it, just because a house is fair market value. $200,000 does not mean it can sell. People will come and look at it all day and go, ooh, I'm not buying this. And keep walking, go somewhere else. Um, because the house is showability, it just shows terribly. It's, nobody wants to take a mess to try and fix it up. So your second type of value you've got in a real estate market is cost. If this thing was to burn down a day, what would it cost to rebuild it? And the people who are concerned about that's your insurance, insurance company. They want to know what the cost value is. And then there is the third, and what I consider the most important value in real estate, and I call that the wow factor. The difference is when somebody walks in the front door, do they go, eh, or do they go, wow, this is great. So the best thing a seller can do is try to add a wow factor to their house. Little things, when you go to show it, do the touch-up painting. Make sure it matches. If it doesn't match, paint the hole. Okay? Make sure the it is clean. Make sure the appliances are clean. You don't have food grime all over things. Uh, Make sure it smells good. Get those blade plug-ins, put them in the wall. That's something that's overlooked a lot, but when you walk in, a little known psychological fact, when you smell something good, you involuntarily breathe deeper. When you breathe deeper, you become relaxed. When you're relaxed, you're more open to what you're looking at. They do this in car dealerships. They put the scents in the cars when you set in them, so that new car smell, um, even on used car, it smells like a new car for some reason, huh? Because they put that smell in there thinking, I'm getting a new car, even though it's not. They call it <laughs> a pre-owned. So little little things like that, the smell, the appearance, the uh cleanliness of the property makes a huge, huge difference. That
1: me think. Whatever you, you talking makes like how I can relate it in my life. The Virginia Beach Marriott. So the Virginia Beach Ocean is a new Marriott. When you walk into that lobby, the smell just overcomes you. It just, we we love it so much that my wife, went to what the smell was, they sell it. And now we buy them and have like a, a little stick, scentsy sticks and a little puppy thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. We have it in our house, you know, because it's just such a welcoming feel and you walk in and immediately it changes your mindset. Absolutely. Yeah. I also agree with the wow factor when you first walk in because your first impression is huge. Uh we own some rental properties, short-term rentals, and that's really one of our focus. We want them to walk in the door and be like, whoa, this is awesome. And that sets the tone for the entire visit.
0: Absolutely. And and another way to uh put this, if you ever walked into a place, a bathroom, even what we'll is a bathroom? We'll just pretend the bathroom's house. And you walk in and it's got that. That nasty smell, right? knows what I'm talking about. You're sitting there holding your breath, trying to breathe under it, or you're leaving. Like, I can hold it. I'll wait till later and go somewhere else. Well, the same thing happens if you walk into a house and there's a bad odor. Nobody's going to stick around. They're going to walk in. They're going to smell it. They're going to leave. So smell is incredibly important. Um, and sometimes in cellar, if you've got pets, you may not smell the pet odor. However, people who don't have pets will smell it immediately when they come in. So take the time to put some. Uh, These should be the stuff you sprinkle on the carpet. Get rid of pet odors and things like that. Even if you don't think your pet smell, you should do some kind of pet utilization before showing your property.
1: Yeah, because non pet owners they'll smell kind of like smokers. Exactly, smokers are probably immune to that smell,
0: and non smoker
1: walks in there, it's going to be right. an immediate turn off. Instantly, we're off the bat. Yeah, You're absolutely right. Here's one of my favorite questions to ask, no matter whose job, whatever, whatever job anybody has. What's one what of your favorite stories about real estate? Could be real estate, contracting. You, know, you, know, you do both or property management. Like, what's one of your favorite stories? It could be fun, funny. It could be touching. Like, what's a, just a great experience you had that you, know, you think would be fun to share?
0: Kevin, I've got so many of them. It's hard to pick one favorite, but uh, since today is my wedding anniversary after eight years.
1: Happy anniversary, and Thank you. I was your best man at your Just so sure. folks know, so we we've been very very close friends, best friends for a long long time. Probably it's a, about a decade, right? Exactly. Almost. Well, actually, over a decade.
0: Yeah. Uh, we've been friends since 2010,
1: I believe, for my mistaken. So 13 years. It all blends. It does. Why oh, do I talk about that all the time? Was that two years ago or 12 years ago? It's hard to even have that concept as you get older. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. And uh, for anybody listening or watching this, he totally remembers my anniversary. Okay, just
1: saying. We talked about it. I got a little lucky. He's like, he what was happening eight years ago today? I was like, what could be significant enough that I would remember from eight years ago? So uh, I did
0: wedding, and I got it. He nailed it the bad. He knew. He, he was just keeping it in his pocket. like, Oh, Jason's probably going to ask me about this. We're (laughs) going to see. But my wife uh, got her real estate license and joined me uh, in real estate. So I think the day she got a real estate license and we started working together as a husband and wife team in real estate was probably my favorite memory of starting the business and building it together. I think
1: that's my way to come into the business. I don't know if that would be necessarily a good thing for us, though. It's kind of our our one thing we do differently to have have at least a little bit of, you know, our own interest, everything, you otherwise that's of of work. We are tied in the hip all the time. Uh, but then I guess my real concern is, you know, if she's my work partner, then if we're going away on vacation, the whole team is going away on vacation. Sure. And there's nobody to cover. Sure. But you you do have other teammates uh, with homes for sale and rent that, okay. you, know, that you can rely on when when you and LaShawn decide to go do your thing. Absolutely, and
0: it's a real benefit having uh, good agents working with you, in my and especially my company. Um, they come from a myriad of different experiences. I actually have other classy contractor agents that uh, work with me in my company as well. So you know, they don't depend on just me. You got great people to point you to. They're experts in different areas that can uh, really be beneficial depending on what kind of home you're looking for, whether, maybe not even home, if it's commercial real estate. We've got uh, folks, including myself, that are experienced in that, can help you find a commercial space as well. So and we can point you the right direction for whatever you need, whatever you're looking for. Cool. Well,
1: we can kind of chit chat a bit more, or hey, why don't we kind of wrap up with asking somebody new coming to the service? Somebody PCSing in. What's your favorite thing about the series? Why should somebody be excited about moving here? You
0: should be re- Really excited about moving to Hampton Roads. This this area, well, first of all, uh, has got the highest concentration of military and veterans anywhere in the United States of America. So you will find that this whole area is very military-friendly. Uh, most places offer military discount everywhere. We have some of the best uh, entertainment venues of anywhere in the Commonwealth of Virginia or in a probably the tri-state area. We've got Busch Gardens Williamsburg, which is a favorite for a lot of people around here, it's 6,000 acres of fun. And they do different themes throughout the year from just summer fun to what they call Halloween Screen to Christmas Town to uh, celebrating St. Patrick's Day for several months there leading up to the beginning of the year. You have beaches everywhere, not just Virginia Beach. You've got Yorktown Beach and Huntington Beach and Buckrow Beach, and there's beaches. So if you like the beach, if you like outdoor activities, we, we've got you covered. There's just everything from A to Z to do.
1: Oh, great. I'm originally from Delaware. Moved up and down the East Coast a bit with my career. And, and, we, and we don't
0: hold that against you either.
1: Fighting so. uh, blueheads. Yeah. 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 And, blue <laughs> uh, and it, this is the best place I've ever been. I love Virginia. The climate doesn't get too hot in the summer, doesn't get too cold in the winter, and, and there's just so much to do here. From the beach to the mountains, you've got the city of Richmond if you're looking for the urban experience. There's a little bit of everything in Virginia, and here in Hampton Roads, so much to do and so many great places to raise the value. Absolutely,
0: Kevin. Um, so yeah, I'd encourage anybody, a lot of folks come here, and so that's why we get got the highest concentration of veterans and military in the entire country, because people come here and they retire in the state. They don't leave the area.
1: Well, Jayden Day, owner of Homes for Sale, Brent, right? managing broker, right? Uh, and uh, what's your contracting company's name? It's the Professional Handyman, also
0: known as TPH Virginia for short, but a Professional Handyman.
1: Class well, day contractor, right? Yes, sir. So, if both are looking for something, buying, selling, doing some home repairs and improvements. How can they get a hold of you?
0: They can just reach out to me via text or my telephone number at 757
1: 508 2482. Cool. That should be my first yes. Thank you very much. We'll have call. you back you know, once we you know, work out the the, the case and make sure that everything goes super fun and smooth. So, we we'll look forward to having you back again. So, oh, thanks thank for being our very first. Oh, that wraps up another episode of Got Your Six Real Estate Podcast. Remember, you can find new episodes every week at Got Your Six Real Estate If you found value in today's insights, please subscribe rate and review on your favorite podcast platform. Until next week, this is Kevin Amazup, and remember, we've got your six.